Hello and welcome to the Commander Boys Podcast. Our names are Manny and Andrew, and this is a podcast of two best friends talking about their lives and opinions because nobody asked for them. Our podcast name comes from the Myers-Briggs personality test for the ENTJ personality, which we both found out is another thing we have in common in our friendship. Now with all that being said, let's take command and get into it. How are you doing today, buddy? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty yeah. hyped, actually. Hyped. Yeah. E3 Ooh. is right around the corner, and that's like Christmas for me. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never been much into E3, but I know what it's about. So, for those of you that don't, E3 is the Entertainment Electronic <coughs> Arts Expo. Uh, it is basically where all of the major game developers, hardware developers, and tech developers come out and show off what they've been working on for the year. In recent years, is kind of actually fallen off as being the only place for it because it came out of an era before the internet was really prevalent. So it was a place where a lot of games journalism and tech journalism would go to see what the companies were working on and then write about it in various magazines and articles and things of that nature. Now that the internet is so prevalent, they started doing almost like stage performances and made that spectacle a more elaborate deal. But between Nintendo and a couple of other country companies making this sort of push to release little video updates throughout the year, the necessity of E3 is actually dying down. Yeah, to the- I was gonna, I was going to ask you, is like, isn't it just been dying down because you know, internet's kind of taken away from it as a whole. Yeah, in fact, last year, Sony said they weren't even showing up this year. So this will be the first year in a long time that PlayStation hasn't even made an appearance. I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's like, why pay all this money to do a stage show when you could just announce it on the Internet? Right. Because it also sort of, it's kind of interesting. The way that it changed the purpose of E3 E3 used to be a pitch to the investors and the you know the journalism media to promote their product. Yeah, something not open to the public. Right. Now, because of the spectacle and being online and things of that nature, this is really pitching to the fans. This is what's coming. So it is not the grand spectacle and grand importance that it's been in previous years, but I do know there are things that are getting announced there that are still exciting to me. Okay. Uh, name three. Well, one of them is there's a rumored new Switch hardware. We don't know if it's going to be a Switch Pro or a Switch Mini. If it's a Mini, I'm not that interested. If it's a Pro, I might actually upgrade. I would like to say that the new name is Pool. <laughs> like, so it's a Switch and Pool. <laughs> Bop it. Switch it. Pull it. Yeah. <laughs> You, and that's how you play the game. So right. it, it, whatever the game's command is, it's now all rhythm games. It's just three buttons. <laughs> that's it. The other thing that I'm kind of interested to see is last year, Xbox, because they have not made a really significant impact on this console generation, Yeah, they went through and bought something like 25 game development studios last year. And they announced basically like, this is the year where we're not going to announce anything, we're not going to release anything, so that we're gearing up for next generation. So this will be kind of to see, they've had a year since they bought all these studios, what have they done with it? Mm-hmm. And that'll be a good indicator as to whether or not they'll even be in the next console generation. So I think they will be in the next console generation. No, 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 no. Not the console generation. But I think there will be an online platform for them to release their games and do all that sort of stuff. Because even with the Xbox One, it's like, okay, yeah, you played games. I use my Xbox to play a lot of games, but it's more of a multimedia device at this point. Like, you're using it as a streaming device. You're using it to play Blu-rays if you still have those. Right. Listen to music. It's more than games at this point. And I think that's really what they were trying to get at from the very beginning it's just that doesn't that wasn't necessarily what the market wanted right and the seamless transition between your console and your computer is another big factor in what they were going for which is interesting because they have one of the best designs of controllers out there Mm -hmm. I, i hands down think that the xbox controller is the best 
fitted controller. I mean, the PlayStation's good. Not not denying that, but it's just like, and I don't know. Maybe it's because I've been an Xbox person for so long since the 360, which mm-hmm. seem doesn't seem long. It's just like two generations, but right, it's long, like right. multiple ten years at the very least. But it just feels so natural in my hands, and any other controller for any other console just feels alien to me. And that's including Alienware controllers. <laughs> I will say that my favorite control scheme of all time was the Wiimote and Nunchuck. And I realized that I'm crazy for that. I thought for a second you were going to say the N64. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's from my third arm, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I realized I'm kind of crazy for saying that. And I will say this. I don't feel that controller scheme would have worked on any other console because all of the Wii games were designed with that controller scheme in mind rather than designing a controller that fits all the games, which is why a lot of people still use the um, N64 con- no, no, GameCube <laughs> controller GameCube, yeah. for Smash because that controller was designed for that game. Like, it, it fits perfectly for that mm-hmm. game. But as far as like a general controller, yeah, I, I love the Xbox controller. I haven't, I was never an Xbox gamer. I got a 360 way after the hype had died down. I think I bought it on like a Black Friday thing. Yeah, still in the trunk of your car. Nope, I sold it. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. You yeah, said yeah. you sold it to an old D&D person, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I have never been like a Xbox gamer. I appreciated it, and I think that some of the games were really good. I even played a little bit of Halo. Um, I, I Reach is my favorite. That's sort of where I jumped in on the we've, series. We've established that. Yeah. Last and, episode. Or the oh, yeah, episode that's right. Or the episode that. before, whichever yeah. one. Uh, I forgot about that. But, yeah. By the way, still, 100 listeners will give away that unopened copy of Halo Reach. Let's there you make go. it happen. There you go. Um, so, I, I would say that... I'm excited for like Halo Infinite when it's coming out because that seems interesting to me. But I've never been like a diehard Xbox fan, but I am a PC gamer and that's still Microsoft. So the better they get trying to keep gaming on a PC and make it seamless because Microsoft has this history of trying to put their software on your computer and force you to use it. Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. And as traditional PC gamers go, we don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's some people out there that really like the 360 uh, Surface or Glass, Smart Glass, I think is what it was called, um, software that linked your 360 to your computer. But it was, oh, okay. it was never what I like to use. Now they're trying to say, okay, we realize that you all have your own individual setups and ways that you like to play. We're going to let you play that way. Yeah, they recognize that you want liberty from their system. Instead of tyranny. And they'll insert their agenda to you in in a different way. Speaking of corporate overlords and how I'm grateful that they allow me to live in a wonderful... Oh, hold on. You didn't even ask me about my favorite controller. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It, I mean, I made it seem like it was an Xbox controller, but no. Okay. It was the Kinect controller. The camera? Yes. Really? Yeah. Why? Because hmm. it was so incredibly active and accurate. <laughs> I feel like you're... As someone who's never used a Kinect controller, I feel like you're giving me a lot of nonsense. No. I'm being 100% truthful. Everybody that has ever had a Kinect knew that it was better than the Wii tenfold. I mean, I don't think so. The Wii is one of the best selling mm. systems of all time. Mm, I don't know. You still needed you needed to hold things in your hand for the Wii. Didn't have to do that with the Connect. Mm. Not VR is nothing in comparison to the Wii. Uh. <laughs> Send all hate mail to manual.com at... Yeah, send it all to manual.com. I want to see who has manual.com. Um, no, I'm sorry. I, I completely derailed the conversation. So, Grand, no, grand I, Overlords. I'm, I'm Speaking of consoles that are no longer consoles, have you heard of Google Stadia? 
Have you seen that presentation? I have not seen the presentation. I opened a tab on Chrome and I saw that there was a there was a little button for it, but I, was, I actually was going to ask you <laughs> what the hell that was. Funny you should mention that. Uh... So Google Stadia is a interesting concept. I have always been a fan of Google software. I've never been a huge fan of Google hardware. Um, it's almost the inverse for me when it comes to like Samsung. I like Samsung hardware, not their software. Mm-hmm. So it works out that most Samsung hardware can run Google software. And I and I realized that like the Google Pixel has come a long way as far as the Google phones go. But I remember my first Google Note, no Google Tab. I can't remember the tablet name, but it was like a Google tablet. It was trash. Like, I bought it because I wanted to support Google and I wanted to get them into the tablet making business, but it was trash. Because when the inevitable software war happens, you want to be on the winning side. Right. You want to be a Lannister. Right. (laughs) And I like... I like the concept of Google Glass, (laughs) but I'm not paying that much for glasses to go... Google Glass, take picture. Google Glass, look up my... Na- like, the concept of having that essentially navigation tool for real life. Like, I think one of the tech demos they showed was like a, a music store that we all still use today. Uh-huh. And it was essentially like, okay, Google Glass, like, I show me where this particular record is. And it gave you like an in-store navigation of the store where the record was now in reality i don't know how that would have ever worked but i do know that google and amazon and apple actually are all three working on that technology right now yeah maybe they were just shooting for a uh hey google i want the new black ip uh not black ip yeah, well, I mean, at that era, that yeah. would have been the relevant. I want the new Black IP CD. Going to the new Black IP CD. Right. And then it would, like, look it up via Google, find out what store it's in stock at, and just probably lead you in the way there. But Unfortun- unfortunately, Google Glass was never an option for me as a man who wears glasses. Right. They didn't market Google Glass to people with glasses. Right. Because turns out you can't have a prescription glasses while also using Google Glass. Yeah. But like I said, they always have these ideas that are way ahead of their time. Like Google Glass technology is coming out in modern technology. If you like look... Uh, the whole AR concept of augmented reality and the big craze that's going on with it right now is a huge part of what Google Glass kind of started. And Google's been that way for a lot of things. They are introducing, back to the original topic, this concept called Google Stadia. And it's a console without a console. It's So it's just like a new Steam? Kind of, but what makes it cool and what makes it unique is there is no download at all. It is a pure streaming service. Mm -hmm. And what makes it good or good enough is that you don't need amazing internet to make it work. In fact, the scale that they give is that you can get 4K for just 35 down. Okay. Which, that's not a car sales pitch for those of you that don't understand internet terms. 35 down, twenty nine ninety five a month. Uh, 35 megabytes download speed. It will get you 4K. You can play it with as little as 5K, uh, uh, yeah, 5 megabytes down. And that'll get you, I think, 720. Which is trash to a lot of, like, diehard gamers. But, I mean, looks just fine on a lot of things. So are we talking like mainline games here? Well, and that's the other sort of like a lot of people are upset about it, but it actually ends up working to their favor. There's a ser- services for like Xbox and PlayStation, like uh, the Xbox Game Pass and whatever the PlayStation equivalent is. They charge you a monthly fee and you get the games included 
And as a result of that, the game developers are making pennies to the dollar on those games. Now, I know, I know, woe is big corporate game developers. I know they're struggling. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the same aspect of uh, Spotify with artists. Like, right. You're, you're going to make pennies for every dollar that Spotify makes just playing that one song. Right. But the thing about it is, is as a result of that, because game developers aren't in that situation yet, they don't typically put brand new mainline titles on Game Pass unless they've released them and they flopped. That's why you don't see like Red Dead Redemption on Game Pass because yeah. it's doing just fine without it. You'll see, uh, what's that pirate game that came out? A couple sea of Thieves? Sea of Thieves. You'll see Sea of Thieves on there. An amazing game. A lot of fun to play. I haven't played it in a minute. We still need to play together. Right. But because it flopped, they put it on there to just try to make some money on it. But now everybody loves that game and people play it. So. Right. So with this concept, they have a free version that you still pay full price for the games but you don't have to pay for the service, and I think it caps you at like 1040p as far as graphics go, which is what most people will be able to play anyway. Yeah, it's just like a good standard. Right. Like your standard high definition. Right. And so the the games, what's unique about this is they pure stream. So if I pull up my Google Pixel and I'm playing a game on there, and then I stop and then I jump over to my TV and I'm playing a game there and then I stop and jump over to my computer. It's seamless transition. There's no download the time. There's no, you know, boot up time. There's no any of that. It's a universal save file that streams to whatever device can stream Chrome, essentially. And since Chrome is already on almost every digital device out there, Every digital device out there is already ready to be a gaming compete PC. Mm-hmm. And that's the other beautiful part. Other than having a monitor that can show you the graphics that you are streaming, as well as a decent enough internet connection, you don't have to spend $2,000 on a gaming PC anymore to have gaming PC level uh, graphics and play because it's pure streamed. And, you know, Google is hosting the server, so you know it's a reliable server. What's also pretty cool about this is that one, one of the uh, YouTubers that I watch, uh, em Ups, he was saying that, like, there's a lot of, you know, negative views on this. A lot of people are very kind of hating on the idea that, like, oh, I'm paying $9 for a monthly service, and then I still have to buy the games. But it's a not... It's a niche market that if you are one of the people that it would benefit, they're marketing toward you. This is not like the Nintendo Switch or the Xbox where they're trying to market it to everybody. They are truly marketing it to a specific audience set. And I feel like I kind of fall in that audience set. Yeah. I'm not going to go buy a console to play Spider-Man. I want to play Spider-Man Badly. It looks amazing. It looks like one of the best games I've seen in years. But I'm not going to buy a PS4 for that one game. Yeah, and I, in that aspect, I completely agree with. I want a PS4 only for two games. Right. That is Spider-Man and also um, MLB The Show. Because that's the only actual respectable baseball game that's available on consoles. I, I also wouldn't mind playing God of War. But, but anyway, like like that's the kind of concept of like... Now you don't have to go invest however much for a console or buy try to buy a used one or any of that information. It literally is just, okay, here you go. Buy the game you're ready to play on any device. And coming from a primarily PC gamer, there are certain games that just don't come out for the PC that will now be able to be played on the PC or any device that can show Chrome. My little tablet that we record on can't even hold Steam because it doesn't have any physical storage data. And that was one of the other major selling points is like, I know a lot of people complain, oh, 
that the Nintendo Switch can only hold like three games on it before you filled up its memory. The PlayStation can only hold, I think, ten games on it before you fill up its memory. I don't even know what the Xbox is like seven or eight games. Yeah, yeah something similar, but you know they they have expansions for it. Like they have you can go buy right. an external so hard drive. What's the what's the solution? Is just buy more and more hard drives and swap them out when you're playing different games. Make smaller have, games. Right. You gotta have make games. less quality. Right. This fixes that problem. And it and the beat 'em ups guy that was on YouTube, I like to keep referencing him. One of the things he was talking about is like if you took me back in time fifteen years and said, One day you'll pay for a service where you don't own any of the music you just listen to it. I would have laughed my ass yeah. off because it's like, of like, course I'm going to buy CDs. That makes sense. It's like, oh, no, I'm not going to pay for that. Hey, right. if I buy that CD, that's mine. No one can take it away from me. Right. That I'm going to pass that down on to future generations. It'll be great. Right. But no one wants your Black Eyed Peas CD anymore. So it's like that, that doesn't make any sense in a music world. And even gaming has already kind of gone away from that. The uh, the concept of, like, I buy a game at GameStop, I still have a 50-gig day one download that I still have to download. I'm essentially downloading the game anyway. Yeah. It's not stored on the disc anymore. I'm laughing to myself because I can't help but think, like, years later, people hear this and... It's this specific episode, we just keep referencing Black Eyed Peas, and for whatever reason, they think it's our favorite band. <laughs> like, hey, we got you this uh, limited edition Black Eyed Peas tour shirt. I mean, cool. Thanks. Cool. Thanks. I fucking love Will I Am. Yeah. I fucking love Fergie. Fergalicious. Mm-hmm. Fergalicious definitions. <laughs> uh, so, all of that aside, let me ask you one thing. We play Pokemon Go. Right. You, we like Pokemon Go. We do. You going to play Harry Potter Go? Maybe. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I've actually been aware of it for over two years now. Yeah, I just got the ad on uh, YouTube. In fact, one of the two advertisements that I get per YouTube video now. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, Harry Potter Wizards Unite is the name of the game. Right. And it's brought to you by the same company that does Pokemon Go. Right. And... Antic. Uh, Whatever their other game, uh, Ingress. Ingress. Fun fact: Did you know Ingress has an anime now? No. Yeah, it's on Netflix. How does that go? I don't know. I haven't watched it. Yeah. So I went ahead as far as the Harry Potter Harry Potter thing. I'm, I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. Just let me know when it comes out. And so I did something that I would never do, in actually sign up for the emails to get updates. And, <laughs> Sure, I'll regret that come Tuesday when I have ten emails from them. Right, but, that's yeah. why you get a second email for that kind of stuff. Exactly, but I uh, know it. It looks okay. I, I I I enjoy Pokemon, so I don't see why I wouldn't enjoy Harry Potter because I like Harry Potter a lot it, as well. It kind of depends on the gameplay loop. It sounds to me like that game will be a lot closer to Ingress than Pokemon Go was. Okay, but one of the advantages of that is that all of the Pokestops and gyms in Pokemon Go already set up are already set up from the spawn points of Ingress, and they'll already be set up for this um, Harry Potter. So whatever their equivalent for Pokestops and gyms will already be the places that I'm frequenting. So I can open one game, play it, close that game, open another game, and play it from the same location. And honestly, that's what I plan on doing. Right. But uh, as far as the game goes, I don't. It seems like it's outside. Hogwarts, as I guess it should be, mm-hmm. especially since we're in the United States. Hogwarts is based somewhere in England. Right. We What's our school from that new movie? No, oh, I don't know. They, don't, was, they were talking about some American version of Hogwarts. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that deep into the swamp yeah. yet. But I'd like to say that if I was English, I'd be a Ravenclaw, so what up with that? Right. But, um... I don't know how many people are going to enjoy that aspect because, like, that's that's a big pool for the whole Harry Potter universe is the schools. Pool for the schools. I mean, that's what the new movies are failing to realize and are then tanking on. It's like, okay, we we love the we love a wizarding world. I right. love the name. We love all the fantastic 
beast and where we can find them. Right. But although we will not be finding any fantastic beasts in this game, from what I understand. Right. But it's just because like, that would just be Pokemon again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. But it's like that. That's what I want out of Harry Potter. I want to be a student in a school as a Ravenclaw. I want to learn all this bullshit. And I, I realize that you can do that through the Harry Potter website, Pottermore, right? I didn't and, even know that. Yeah, that's where you go for the um, official placement test. and um, That's where you go if you're a pothead? Yeah. <laughs> How come that's not the name for Harry Potter fans? I, I mean, that's what I call them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. And so I don't know what the gameplay is going to be apart from, like, fending off spooky ghosts. Have you been to the Wizarding World in Orlando? Oh, you know I haven't. (laughs) Well, I went the year it opened. And I will say that the experience of going into a environment that they have completely... It's one of the really kind of magical things about those kind of theme parks that have the money to do that. And one of the reasons now it's on my bucket list to travel to Japan and go to the Nintendo theme park mm-hmm. and the Orlando Studios in uh, Tokyo. Is it Tokyo? I don't know. It's one of the major cities in Japan. It wouldn't surprise me if it was Tokyo. But going into that experience and getting to like have everybody in costume and speak in the language and stuff like that was one of the big like immersive experiences that I truly enjoyed. There is a game out there called Magi Quest. Okay. And it's about God. <laughs> no, a different magic. It's about three old men coming into Bethlehem to meet a baby Jesus. Closer. Essentially it they use magi in place of wizard because or mage because they were just trying to not get copyrighted. Okay. But it's essentially they took the concept of like laser tag Mm -hmm. and that they have a building that they have developed little rooms and puzzles for. You go and either rent or buy a wand that's like a... I actually have two of them because I'm a huge nerd like that. I have my my standard silver wand that I got the first time and then I went back and got the upgraded dragon wand because I am a level 10 master magi. Look, don't even come in here with that silver wand bullshit. Right. We're level 10 dragon magi. Right. Get on my level. I've tamed the ice dragon, the poison dragon, and the fire dragon. Are you what? Are you level 5? You're yeah. coming in here with level 5? Are you not in PVP mode yet? Like get good. Yeah. I don't need to trade with you. So, what what's cool about this concept is like they have uh, something like 20 locations in the United States and then a couple in other countries. And you go in, every building is different. So the core, I think, 10 levels of like rookie, apprentice, you know, in training, fresh, champion, ultimate, mega, you know, burst Me- mode. Mega evolution. Right. Uh, those are all kind of... Uh, that's a Digimon joke for those of you who didn't catch it. Those are all kind of like ingrained everywhere. And then after that, your quote-unquote post-game content is your level 1 Master Magi, level 2 Master Magi, and so on and so on. They were trying to incorporate it into an online game as well so that you go play the real-life version and then you can transfer your account into like an online WoW kind of environment. Wow. That, that apparently never took off. Surprise. But um, they uh, the the games themselves are still successful and they're really kind of fun to play. That's what I would want from a interactive, immersive Harry Potter experience. Mm-hmm. Is like, okay, give me some puzzles to solve. Give me some almost like um, what's the what's the IRL game where you go and in real life, yeah, it, where you go and like find treasure people have lived hidden. And they hide, and, leave, hide and seek. And they leave you like clues on websites. Oh. Uh, uh, oh, and, and augmented reality? No, 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 no. It's, it's a it's completely IRL. Um, I wanted to say loot boxing, but that's not it. <laughs> uh, letter boxing is a form of it. Geocaching. So, Geocaching. Oh, never I, heard of it. Would not have been able to help you. Oh, well, it's a, for those of you that don't know, geocaching is this really popular, like, I'm not going to use the term sport, but it's like a hobby thing. And essentially, you have trinkets, okay? And usually it's like 
stuff that you don't want that you can buy in bulk, but like keychains and stuff like that, you will go and hide them in real life in various locations. You go to the geocaching website and you upload like a riddle or a clue or something like that, hints to location, and people will then go find it in real life. They take one of your things that you hid and then leave something for somebody else. How many times has it been a scenario of... um just a person getting into somebody's house and very much Sherlock Holmes. They're just tied up to the bed with a key underneath the pillow. That's in front of their junk. Uh, and it's none situ- that I'm aware of. And it's a situation of like underneath this pillow lies a key to my escape. <laughs> of course she took it in the wrong context. <laughs> right. Um, not, none that I'm aware of. Fun fact though, one of the only geocaches to not be solved for the longest stretch of time there's a geocache on the International Space Station. Mm, why do you give me so many jumping off points? Damn it. All right. Well, real, real quick. Hold up. So I'm if if like, I was going to live in a perfect world, that's the kind of environment that I would want like a wizarding thing to be is you get various clues and stuff like that. And essentially all of the uh, pogo stops or whatever the Harry Potter equivalents would be would be like a you know a secret puzzle or something and you have to figure out around your town where the stop that they want you to go to mm-hmm. is based off some sort of clue or solve some sort of puzzle when you get there gotcha. that would be my dream version of that game well i mean we'll see when it comes out what it they haven't actually given a date to it right yeah they keep announcing it but they haven't given a date no so right. jumping off point International right. Space Station. International Space Station, and also, um, since you mentioned Legoland and Harry Potter World, Galaxy's Edge. I want to talk about Galaxy's Edge. Okay. Um, so, first off, the space station. The International Space Station. All right. Do you have $35,000 I can borrow? Not on me. Okay. Well, you do have it. I mean, maybe. All right. Well, how about a rocket ship? Mm, I do have a rocket ship. I just don't know if you can fit on it. Shit, you calling me fat? No, I'm calling you larger than four inches. Okay. It's a small rocket ship. Oh, Legos. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I bring that up because they just announced that the International Space Station is fully operational. It is a fully operational international battle station without the battle. Nice. So yeah. they said for $35,000 a night, you can stay at the International Space Station. What are we doing? Okay. I wasn't going to bring this up, listeners, but we are opening a Patreon account, (laughs) and uh, we will be supporting premium quality. Uh, We need to raise money for um, supplies. We'll give you the best keychains for $25 a month. Right. You can rent the keychain for $25 a month. (laughs) (laughs) One keychain for $25 a month. That could be yours for one month. You got to share with everybody right. else. There's only like five keychains. But the all the that top money, Patreons will get to have the keychain for the month. But all that money will go to having us go up to the International Space Station and doing a live podcast recording there. First podcast in space. Let's make it happen. I mean, I'm sure there's probably been other podcasts from other you know, space people, but heard, heard in space, heard in sure. space, but yeah, but um, we'll be the first podcast in space. So, yeah, they said thirty five thousand dollars a night to sleep up there. Nice, not to get up there. Yeah, well, you know, and this all comes from a little bit of a backstory. And I saw um, this millionaire, either bil- million or billion, and at which point, what does it matter? But he paid the Russian government fifty million dollars, five zero million, mm-hmm. to um, basically promise him that he would get to stay up in the space station when it was built. That's pretty cool. And so he will eventually be going up to the space station, staying a night. He still has to pay the thirty-five thousand. I mean, yeah, but yeah. He paid a handsome amount of money for the ability to go up into space just to stay at the space station. I mean, I'd do it. I mean, in a heartbeat. Yeah. 100%. I don't care if I fall back down to Earth, like, I'm trying to land in whichever vehicle and I, I burn up and die. At least I can say I stayed the night in the space station. Yep. And so, 
So that was super exciting. I got really hyped up about it. You know, lifelong goals that I know I'll never achieve. Eh, don't say that. I'll say it. I mean, let's let's be real here. We have an evil scientist who's not quite that evil. He's not evil. He's just a bro. Right. Actively pushing for us to be on Mars mm-hmm. in our lifetime. Now, whether he's going to be successful in that endeavor or not... I have hopes that he will. It's going to further technology. That's one of the reasons I've been super pro, you know, space travel as a whole. And so, but so everybody knows we're talking about uh, owner of Tesla, Doug Demodome. Right, owner of the Dimsdale Demodome and Tesla and Tesla. Uh, it's a huge deal for me that we put money in space. It's one of the reasons I was very saddened yet excited to see NASA kind of reduced in scale. Uh, I'm not going to use the term shut down because they weren't. It's They were promised an expansion and and, uh, funding, and then they got a remission in funding. Right. And it's one of those things. By the same guy. Right. It's one of those things of like, I am... I mean, I'm sure I've said this at some point. As a libertarian, I'm very pro-private companies doing what they can do. And I think the idea that, you know, NASA is not the only game in town when it comes to uh, space means that for the scientific community, the ones that are truly doing, you know, science, they can use NASA and NASA's funding to further the understanding of medicine and you know all sorts of other things that come from the space program but for those of us that just want to ride up and stay in a space hotel you know we've got elon musk we got virgin galactic we've got um, doug demodome owner of the dimsdale demodome right and owner of the dimsdale demodome rocket the Mm -hmm. demo rocket (laughs) demo rocket get you up high um but yeah no, like I'm, I'm very much pro that because the more people trying to do it, the faster it's going to get done, and especially if there's competition, competition always pushes success. It's the reason the Cold War got us to the moon. If you believe the government, hype. if you believe in the Cold War, you believe in the moon. Ha! Fun fact: not a single snowflake dropped in the Cold War. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> Just dead pan. We give that as a second for the audience to control their laughter. Right. right. Their un- their non-existent laughter. Right. So that that's basically what I wanted to tell you about the International Space Station. It's like we can literally sleep there for a night just for a stupid amount of money. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. So what do you know about Galaxy's Edge? Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I didn't even know it was a Star Wars thing until you said Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Oh, Andrew, I'm, you're in for a surprise, surprise, surprise. Not many of things have I thought of and it's brought a tear to my eye, mm-hmm. like a legitimate tear to my eye. Yeah. But this has. Okay. It's the latest expansion in Disneyland out in California. All right. It is a Star Wars themed area of the park. Mm-hmm. It's called Galaxy's Edge. I keep saying that. And um, basically, it's a Star Wars world that is canon. It's based on a planet that is on the far reach of the galaxy that Star Wars is based in. And being owned by Disney, it's also the most wretched scum of hive and villainy. (laughs) Yeah. Or so, wretched hive of scum and villainy. There you go. <laughs> Not the wretched scum of hive and villainy. The wretched bees of scum and beehive ability. But yeah, so so basically that's it. There's several entrances and everybody's saying that you go in there, you totally forget you're in California, you totally forget you're in Disneyland. That's how immersive it is. There's no Star Wars music playing in the background. They There's, don't play that same song. Dun, 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 dun. No, you got to go to the cantina for that, ah, which is okay. another thing. That's pretty exciting. But um, the fact is, the only sounds you hear in the background are like, let's say you're in the resistance area that's very jungly, mm-hmm. and um, you'll hear crickets or just like star wars creature sounds so like you may hear something similar to a um ewok 
Or and then you hear in the background they prefer furry people. Right, furries. You'll hear furries <laughs> in the background. Um, but then you also hear spaceships, like spaceships going up, going down. That's pretty cool. And you know, all of the employees of the park are in character. Right. Every single one of them has their own backstory that they've made up. So you can go up to a resistance fighter and say uh, something along the lines of like, hey, have you seen Sergeant so-and-so? And they'd be like, uh, Sergeant so-and-so? No, I think uh, he's over at this sector today. You may want to go check and see da 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 Or you go into, there's a, there's that, the resistance area, then there's like the first order area, then there's a general marketplace that a majority of it takes place in. Mm-hmm. And there's always stormtroopers walking around and if there's resistant fighters or merchants that are selling stuff that you're not supposed to be buying, right? You see them all hide up and close up their shops and until the troopers walk by. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it's amazing. So, like, you can go up to a merchant and be like, "Hey, do you know where I can uh, get a thermal detonator around here?" They're like, "Whoa, whoa that's we don't have that here yet." We don't, hey, we we don't want any kind of trouble. <laughs> like, you can just straight up talk to them about like, "Hey, have you seen the latest speeder?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, it looks really cool." No, 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 you know. So and, it's essentially all those nerds that did LARPing in college and high school. And the people were like, you'll never be able to do that for a real job. Now they're doing it for a real job? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. You can actually go and buy a $200 lightsaber. You can go and get multiple crystals for those lightsabers. And apparently each crystal is in a slightly different shape, but, you know, enough to fit in the little area Mm -hmm. that makes it work. And each has a story. You can get a crystal that gives it the uh, Kylo Ren effect of it's very distorted as far as the saber goes uh get your own hilt and everything you can even buy like wooden figurines that Mm -hmm. would be sold in the star wars universe that were like luke skywalker just made out of wood like very roughly and you can buy that because it's it's all part of like this real life do do they have a space shoe i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) jawa Galactic credits, no good here. <laughs> no good here, only money. <laughs> but uh, but um, that that's it's so cool because I'm from what I understand, you can even bargain to a certain extent with mm-hmm. the merchandise there. Yeah, and when you go in to get your lightsaber, apparently there's a whole show that like you can light up your saber when you are deemed ready, and ooh, the force is strong and everything. There's a cantina there that's like the only place in Disneyland that you can actually buy alcoholic drinks. Mm-hmm. And they're all Star Wars themed. And nowhere in there do you see the word Disney or Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like they went full blown in depth with this thing. I will say that feeling is what sold me on the Harry Potter world. Like that kind of. People really take for granted like the background scenery. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I was watching a documentary on Disney World a few years back. The I forgot the name of the mountain. It's supposed to be like in the um, Hollywood studio. Maybe it's the Magic Kingdom. I don't know. I'm really bad with my Disney. But they built this like artificial looking mountain as backdrop for this park. And they built it in such a way so that it would block some of the taller buildings in the city. Mm. And whenever they have... You, they do a really good job of... Magic Mountain? Are you thinking of Magic Mountain? Maybe, that's it. But they, they always try to make sure that they black out anything that is not the world of Disney. So that when you go into Disney World or Disneyland or any Disney park, you feel like you are in a park, a, a whole new environment. A whole new world. <laughs> so I want to go there so bad. So as we stated before, Patreon will be once monthly. <laughs> but uh, And that's the main contrast as far as the Harry Potter world and Galaxy's Edge goes. Mm-hmm. Is that from what I heard, Harry Potter world, it's a, wow, you can experience all this stuff. But that's it. It kind of ends. And maybe because the Star Wars world is so new, mm-hmm. they say, like, you don't ever want to leave. You just want to stay there because that is Star Wars. Like, the people that love Star Wars, you just want to stay in there. One thing that the Harry Potter world did from just personal experience, they have these little, like, I'm going to use the term Easter eggs because I don't know what else to call them. I know Easter egg is like a video game term, 
but essentially, it's also a religious term right, right. for well, rabbits right and they lay eggs because that's what rabbits do yes um but the the like for instance the um i don't remember the name of the plant those people who are potheads out there you can tell me the the what? plants wait you know pot, potheads harry potter fans oh the uh the oh, plant that like when you pull it out it starts screaming oh yeah 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 okay i got you yeah the, the, so they have like a the cry baby plant right whatever that's called they have a, a store like it's not a real store but it looks like a storefront mm-hmm. and it's you, a, want, you want to see me piss off a whole bunch of harry potter fans oh you're talking about the whomping willow yeah there you go <laughs> Uh, it reminds me of that like old meme was like where Gandalf is up in the picture and it says may the force be with you and then it says like by um, somebody else I don't know yeah but you get that Anyways, um, there's so, a storefront so there's a like, storefront it looks like it's selling like herbs and medicine and if you had bought one of the um, magic wands there you can like point it at it and the the screaming plant will like come up and scream for like a few seconds. And so it's it's got all these kind of like interactive elements that make you feel like you are in that world. And it, it very well does have that immersive feeling. In fact, I think only the very front shop when you walk in is the only place that's like a gift shop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the restaurant that sells butterbeer feels like a restaurant that would be in that world. Everyone's in character, you know, things of that nature. So, by the way, just looked it up, and the name we were looking for was Mandrake. 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 Nice. It's when Drake evolves. Right. He's a man. Mm-hmm. Mandrake. Mandrake. But, uh, and but so I mean... All, all of the Star Wars information actually comes from rec- just recent... I, I think it may be open to the public now, mm-hmm. but all that info comes from... Uh, just essentially them opening it to the employees to enjoy to experience because that's apparently what Disney does right is that once there's a section of the park open they give it to their cast members to experience before the rest of the public right here get in this enjoy it, experience the wonders of this so that when you start hating your job you remember why you stay for us and apparently one of the one of the uh, people there was just came to the realization that that would be the only time in history where the that portion of the park was open and there's not a single child <laughs> that you can be in Star Wars world without a child because everybody works there. And I was like, oh, I literally would have killed to be in that position. See, not, not figuratively, 100% literally. Yeah. And I haven't even gotten to the best part, arguably, of the park. Okay. They have a full scale um, Millennium Falcon. Wow. Which there's that and they it lights up, there's steam coming through it, but then you go past it and they actually have a ride. A That's ride cool. based on the Millennium Falcon. So have you ever been to um D- does it show how they made the Kessel run in twelve parts? No, 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 no. Huh? But so I, I forget what the actual name of it was, but years ago if you went to a Disney park they had that Star Wars ride there. Star Wars. Yeah. So, have you been on it? Yeah. Okay, so kind of that concept, but better. Mm-hmm. Because you are in the Falcon. You are there with theoretically six people. Mm-hmm. It's both a ride and a video game. That's because pretty cool. you have the left pilot, the right pilot, left gunner, right gunner, and two technicians to help repair it. Ooh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can resist. Tech nine. Um, yeah, so... The left pilot controls how the spaceship goes left to right while Mm -hmm. the right goes up and down. And then one of them has the hyperdrive lever. Then the lever button, whichever one. Um, And then the gunners control all the baddies. And like I said, the technicians uh, fix your ship. And the whole way you go through the game is obviously like communication with everybody else on the ship. And every time you damage the Falcon, a little bit of credits comes off. Hmm. And you ha- there they have an app on the phone that keeps in store of your credits, so you can ride it multiple times and show everybody just how good of a pilot you are on this ride. And I'm going to assume that the other rides that they make there in that portion of the park they'll have the same thing. Yeah. So it's like 
you don't have this whole app just for one ride. I will say that is something Disney does extremely well is their immersive experiences. They really, I mean, that's that's why they are still who they are is they really have the market cornered on these amazing immersive experiences. So that led me to think of a group of people that we would have in the in the starship. Right. So obviously you and I are pilots. Right, absolutely. Because we're commander boys. We command. Yeah. Um obviously Roman and Carolyn's there. Right. Because they're our crew. Right. Uh I don't know if Carolyn would necessarily want to be gunner. Yeah, I feel like she would be a technician because, like, she, that's very much like healing and fixing. And, right. And the Julie cons- would definitely be a gunner. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got our two gunners, and we need a Lando, so we'd invite Dway. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have Roman. Have your token black eye. Oh, oh my God, Andrew, <laughs> stop. Uh, so we, I'm gonna put him as. See, uh, that's a joke because Dway just started listening to our podcast. Hi, Dway. But um, so we have Roman and Julie on the gunners, and we'll put D-Way and Carolyn as technicians. Right. All right, we got our we got our ship done. We're good to go. Yep. Be the best um, Millennium Falcon. We'll make it in five parsecs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suck it. We'll shorten the trip somehow. We'll but. fold time space because that's how that works. But like, I heard about that ride. I heard, I heard about that park and. A legitimate tear came to my eye because I can't think of anything else in the world I want more besides having a family with the love of my life. <laughs> and what else should I say before <laughs> I start mentioning all that? It, 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 I just got a scene from that Cloudy from a Chance to Meatballs movie. It's like, it's enough to make a grown man cry. And like the tear comes yeah, but out. Not of, but not this man. man. Get back in there. <laughs> Get back in there, tear. So, jumping back to Pogo for a minute, Pokemon Go. Jump, Pogo, 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 Pogo. Have Pogo, you Pogo, seen the new announcement for the new game that, Ni- I don't think it's Niantic, but Nintendo is developing alongside Niantic? Not at all. Well, they... <laughs> so Are we going back to Harry Potter Go? No, no. So, this is a completely another game, and Niantic doesn't have anything directly to do with it, but it's kind of like a partner game for lack of a better term so nintendo does these things where they have ideas and no matter how stupid the idea they just go with it and they commit to it and sometimes it's amazing like you know google i mean google like uh the nintendo labo or like the switch you know things of that nature and sometimes it's dumb like the wii u and things of that nature the concept here was the guy that was the nintendo side of pokemon go said we turned walking into an entertainment oh okay yeah i know where you're going with this go on and and he's like yeah so we turned walking into entertainment which i would argue is the capturing the pokemon that's the entertainment part not the walking walking is just a side effect but okay sure sit on your high horse and he goes we turned walking into an entertainment let's do the same thing for sleep so they announced Pokemon Sleep. Any details from that? Because like I knew they announced it, but and quite frankly, if it's a let's log your sleep and that's the only thing to do with it, I'm gonna fucking suck at that game. Oh, see, I'm gonna be crushing it every day, no. all day. <laughs> like I get at most five hours of sleep a night, and it's not solid sleep. So I probably have sleep apnea. Not gonna lie, probably probably gonna die in my sleep someday (laughs) well if you never sleep you can't die in your sleep Mm -hmm. russian sleep experiment (laughs) so the only information that we have is that they've already developed a new peripheral that you'll have to buy in addition to using the app called creatively named the pokemon go plus plus and for that reason i'm out (laughs) But it's it does the same thing that Pokemon Go Plus does, which for those of you that don't have you're one, just, you're just talking about the little Pokeball. No, no, that's the Pokeball Plus. The oh. Pokemon Go Plus is that little watch thing that I wear sometimes. 
Oh, the more that's like a bracelet. Yeah. That a ten year old would wear. Right. Okay. And and you see grown men doing it all the time because right. it's Pokemon Go and no ten year olds actually play it. Mm-hmm. They it, all it does is if you're near Pokemon, it will throw a Pokeball and either catch it or not catch it. If you're near a Pokestop, it'll spin it. And if you are near a Pokemon that you haven't seen, it will blink a different color and then try to catch it. Uh, it is terrible at catching Pokemon because one of the things, if you don't play Pokemon Go, the more of a certain type you collect and whether or not you use a curveball and a lot of other factors go into catching it. So I would say with my consistency, if I was just going to use one ball... I probably could catch at least 70% of the Pokemon that I throw a ball at the first try. This thing barely hits 40%, even though it's my same account, which irritates me because it wastes a lot of balls, but, you know, it is what it is. The well, Pokemon you know, Andrew, some people don't even have balls. Right. The Pokemon Go Plus Plus is a little disc-shaped thing that does the exact same thing as the Pokemon Go Plus, but it also apparently has like a gyrometer in it. So you were supposed to quote, lay it on your pillow so that it can see how long you sleep. Now, they didn't specify whether or not it would catch Pokemon as you slept or if it would only train Pokemon while you slept. But I think in a perfect world, I don't know if you have played the last like a few Pokemon games. But I believe it was black and white. Maybe it was Diamond Pearl. There was a mode where when your character was asleep, it could enter in like a dream state. And there was certain dream-based Pokemon that you could catch. And I would be interested to see if like that's the only way to get them in Pokemon Go is to catch them, quote, in your dreams. And then the other factor of it would be it would either train or level up or something else okay i'm gonna say this okay it it that's fucking stupid well like pokemon sleep it's fucking stupid like you could pick any activity any activity in the world like make something that's waterproof have people go swimming hey good job you can get more water times Pokemon hiking, get rock types like what we're doing right now with the Adventure Week. Like specialize I'm, it. Don't I'm just for them to go Pokemon condom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't just waste Pokemon like, sex. There the are so many game. different activities that you can do. Why sleep? Like, are you trying to make the most inactivity active? I guess their logic is like we got them out there moving with Pokemon Go, but they never want to rest, so we need Pokemon Sleep to balance it out. That's not how that works. I have a life outside Pogo. It's not very fun right now, but I have a <laughs> life outside Pogo. I will say this. I am going to play it because, of course, I am. I don't know if it's going to be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It is developed by the guy that made Magikarp Jump, like that company. Okay. Um, Do you vaguely remember that? No, yeah, I know the game. I'm just trying to connect the dots here and see whether I would like the game or not. Yeah, so for those of you that missed out on the wonderful experience of Magikarp Jump... It was actually okay. I'll give it that. It was essentially a like a V-Pet simulator that you had to catch a wild Magikarp and instead of leveling it to 20, you just used the Magikarp to use Splash. And that was it. The entire game loop was very simplistic, but strangely addicting. Um, It also introduced a bunch of different variations on Magikarp beyond just the shiny gold form, which honestly, if nothing else changes... I really hope the new Switch game has variations of Magikarp. Can I give you the description about um, Magikarp Jump? Sure. All right. You can raise the ultimate Pokemon. What is the world coming to? It's a Pokemon game all about the weakest Pokemon ever, Magikarp. Anyone can play this simple game in their spare time to create the most majestic Magikarp ever in this official Pokemon app. Yeah, that's the whole game. And uh, I will say this, 
I enjoyed it. I didn't play it longer than about two months. Also, not gonna lie, gonna re-download it right now. <laughs> I I think it's a good game. I appreciated it. It's just not something that I want to play longer than like two months. You know, it's got a solid um, it's got a solid week of playing time. Yeah, like it's the same shit right. every day. That being said, you can say the same thing for Pogo, but. At least they keep it different with I was going to say, at least events. Pogo has, like, raids and, you know, community days and things that interact. Which leads me to my question is, like, how is Pokemon Go Sleep going to interact? Like, if you're sleeping with somebody, you can get, you know, friendship bonuses. <laughs> if you're sleeping with somebody, you get a ditto. <laughs> but, um, hey, guess what? What? We're at an hour. Nice. I don't know how that's going to be post-edit, but right now, we're in an hour. Well, we probably should call it there, and we can talk about the other stuff next time. Yeah. So, let's wrap it up. Where can they reach us? We can get contacted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at at Commander Boys Podcast. Where can they listen to us? Don't forget, you can always listen to us right here on SoundCloud. You can reach us at Stitcher or you can look us up on Spotify. Both Stitcher and Spotify, just look us up at the Commander Boys Podcast. We're right there. We're also coming to iTunes as soon as we get approved and if you have a suggestion for a place you want to hear our lovely voices, please email us at commanderboyspodcast at gmail.com. That's it. One last thing, let's keep spreading the word if you can it's greatly appreciated we're gonna keep doing this come rain or sunshine doesn't matter to us but um let's let's keep growing i I always say let's 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 keep growing let's let's make this happen i'm excited yeah i'm very excited i'm andrew i'm manny and this has been the commander boys podcast see y'all next time